411 Live. Where you can learn about issues that affect us every day. Stay the world. 411 Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your girl. We are living in transformative times. Think of your mindset at the beginning of 2020. Then think of how it shifted, changed a little bit about mid-March with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, and then the shift coming with the killing of George Floyd. Hello, everyone. I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live. Now, think of the scenario that I gave and think in terms of how it might impact teenagers. You know, many of them do not have their high school graduation, the traditional rite of passage. And actually, I could go on and on about that. But instead, I am going to bring in five guests who will join me to talk about this and so much more. We have three Milwaukee teenagers, Mordecai Tenney. Wave for me, Mordecai. There you go. He is a recent high school graduate. He's headed to McAllister College in Minnesota. Yay. Tyrone Harper, he's a recent high school graduate headed to UW-Madison this fall. There you go. And we have Olivia Clark, who will be a high school senior this fall. Congratulations to you. Dion Grayson, president and CEO of Lead to Change, also joins us. And last but certainly not least, Jolanda Rogers, who is the president of Talk Publishing. Thank you. All right. Now, let me try to explain how all these people are connected. Now, Lead to Change is a dynamic career readiness organization. Dion leads that organization. All right. The three teenagers are participants. And we have Jolanda, who is the head of the publishing house for the group's anthology, which will be coming up very soon. And this delves into the young people's emotions about COVID-19 and racism. So that's it in a nutshell. But now we, we're going to, you know, pull these things apart, unpack all of this, and talk about it a little bit more. Dion, Lead to Change focuses on career readiness, as I said. How did that morph into the anthology? So when the pandemic occurred, um, we had a town hall meeting with our young people because they were impacted by decisions that other people were making, and rightfully so. Um, nobody knew uh, what was transpiring. They didn't know, am I gonna graduate from high school? Is there gonna be a graduation? Am I gonna pass this class? Like how, I'm not talking to anyone, how is all of this going to transpire? So um, traditionally we have career focused internship experiences for our students in the summertime. And so after the town hall meeting, when the young people talked about um, some of the emotions that they were feeling with regards to what was taking place, Jolanda and I had a conversation. Um, we talked about publishing young people individually about a year ago, but through our uh, consistent conversation that we had, we talked about putting all of the young people's thoughts together and publishing it in a, an anthology so that they can share their voice from their perspective with regards to what's transpiring right now. Okay, so uh, Olivia, I'll start with you. When you heard about this, this anthology, 
wanting the kids to write some things and talk about their emotions. What was your reaction? Well, I can say that my first reaction to was, we're going to what? We're going to what? What are we doing? <laughs> and then Mr. Grayson broke it down saying, okay, it was going to be like how COVID affected us and how racism is affecting us. And that's what the book is about. And it's coming from our point of view. I was like, okay, well, I have a lot to say about one specific thing. And it really impacted me forever. And it's changed my life for the better right now. Oh, wow. Okay. We're going to get more and delve a little bit more into that one. Let me go to you, Mordecai. What was your initial thought? My first thought, um, I was interested in it, but I didn't really feel, I didn't understand it would become what it is now. Mm -hmm. I, I know it's still in its very early stages and it hasn't even been released yet, but just the fact that I'm writing this, I was kind of blown away by like what I had to say and like what I was, what I what I was able to contribute. So, I think, um, oh, I apologize. No, that's okay. For the initial thing, thinking about having to write this, you're thinking, I have nothing to say. And then when you got into it, you found that you had a lot to say. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it was surprising to me. I, I, I didn't think I had nothing to say. I thought I had very little to say and that I didn't know if what I would say would be something that is, that's important or something that's valuable. Gotcha. But I think I've learned through what Jolanda's well, Joanna preaches like it, it's everyone has something important to say. Yeah. Tyrone, what about you? Uh, well, for me, initially, I wasn't going to do it because I felt like I didn't really have much to say that other people didn't have to say already. Mm -hmm. My experience was pretty familiar with others. So when people shared their stories and experiences, I thought maybe I should share my experience as well, uh, giving my uh, opinion on the topic. So yeah, that's why I started writing. Now, what I understand is you could write a, you could write poetry, you could do a story, or you could do a letter. Um, Olivia, you are the only one who did a story. I understand. Is that right? Correct. Okay, let's talk a little bit because you kind of gave us a hint of all this. Um, what was your What was your story about? Uh, my story was basically about my life and how racism impacted it. Like, they gave me a choice, like, okay, you can do COVID, you can do racism, or you can do both. And I spent majority of my time writing a letter. It was supposed to be a letter and a poem all in one, but it didn't turn into that. It turned into the story of my life and how it impacted me since birth and it will always impact me throughout my whole life. So this whole thing that I kept bottled up inside, I just put it all on these papers that are going to be published for the world to see. Can you give us an excerpt just I a little bit? Can. I can. Okay, let me find it. Okay. I have a question for you, old friend. Why must you torture me so? What have I done to hurt you? What have I done to me? What have I done to you that made you want to hurt me mentally and emotionally? But since you probably won't give me an answer, let me just inform you on something about me. I'm a strong, beautiful black goddess, 
making her way through this place we call home. I will keep pushing through what you constantly keep putting me through. And when I have kids and my own beautiful family, just know I will prepare them for you and what you will even put. So thank you. Thank you for showing me your true colors and showing me how my black is beautiful. I'll see you later, old friend. Love always, Olivia. Wow. And the old friend? Who's the old friend? The old friend is racism. Wow. So you have experienced racism. When we talked before, not in the way people might think. You said you felt it within your family. Is that correct? I did. I I felt it through, not even felt it, I experienced it through family, and I still do to this day. Like, I experienced it within, from my um, my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. They'll come towards me because I'm the youngest of 11, and I'm the lightest one, as you can say, and the rest of them are, like, a little bit darker than me. I get my complexion from my dad. And they're like, oh, you didn't fit in. You were adopted you just weren't meant to be here like I felt like I was always like the odd one out in the whole family even with my mom's side of the family I'm still the lightest one and they're like oh we get that from your mom you get that from your dad like I just felt like I was just the odd one out and being called names my whole life like the worst one I could ever say is that some of my family members, my own brother, he calls me Casper, whitey, white man. And he's my own blood. So it hurts me to know that he calls me that, but he says it's a joke. And I take that so seriously because I already felt like I already was the odd one out, even experiencing it in school. But hearing it from my own family just tore me down mentally. Wow, that is deep. Dion, were you shocked by the uh, pieces that you got from the kids? Yeah, and forgive me, I'm getting emotional. I know. <laughs> um, every time we had a session, um, Talk did such an excellent job of setting the stage for the young people to be honest about what was going on on the inside of them. Even Mordecai, when um, he read his poem last week on camera and he talked about I see it now. Like there were some things that he didn't see before. And he said, I see it now. Um, there was um, someone who talked about um, a, another Caucasian individual talking about they were tired of people treating them, people treating him like he was a racist and he's not. And people were calling him names. And he said, I just want to be a teenager like everybody else and have friends like everyone else. So, so many different perspectives. Another young lady whose mom, she talked about, um, I found out about COVID-19 when all of you did. I didn't bring it here. Mm. You know, I didn't know about this either. And so she feels like people are pointing the finger at her, thinking that because she's mom, she helped to bring the disease here. So um, the pandemic here. So the stories were, it is very inspiring. And literally every time talk came in, um, students had additional stories. Uh, Tyrone is one of them. After every session, Tyrone said, I have something I want to read. After every session, he had a new poem. And so um, I'm very moved. um, And I'm very, um, I feel very fortunate to 
be participating in an experience that's really setting the stage for them to be honest and to be able to share with the world what's transpiring um, from their perspective. Wow. Yeah. Um, let me go to, um, I'm just, are we close to the break time? I'm just wondering, do I have enough time to hear another one? Should I just take a break? I have enough time. All right. My, my timekeeper over here, let's go to, since you mentioned uh, Mordecai, Mordecai, I want to come to you. You did poetry. Is that correct? Uh, I did a mix of poetry um, and letters, but they all have this poetic feel to them. Okay. Will you give us a sample? How many did you end up doing? I wrote four pieces. Four pieces. Um, like I said at first, I wasn't expecting to write many, but it just kind of like thoughts just came to my head and I started writing about it. And I, I wrote four pieces that I'm really uh, proud about, proud of. Very good. Um, so here is one of the letters I wrote to racism. Mm -hmm. And this is the one that Miss Grayson mentioned just a little bit earlier. I'll read the first half. Dear racism, you seem to enjoy hiding in plain sight, disguised in white clothes and ivory sheets. I used to not see you. I was told I didn't need to see you, told you were not in my concern. So you slithered under my radar and hid. You were allowed to do so. You were obligated to do so. To me, I thought, you carry nothing more than a stick, one that a small child would be so proud to find, one that, in that child's hand, was harmless. That stick, too, was a disguise. Rather, a Gatling gun that will level a city, a town, a community. We found you wandering, seemingly unintentional. Little did I know, every step you took was calculated and measured. In order to cause the most strife, it was necessary. Under a guise of rarity, I assumed you were small. But the only version I saw of you was not your true self, just the most extreme. Murders invoked through hate, lynchings erupting from nothing more than a misstep, a misstep, a misstep, a mistake, a specific mistake, the mistake of being born with darker skin. A child is a threat with a toy gun and dark skin. An EMT is a threat in her own house and dark skin. A young man is a threat with a face mask and dark skin. Life is not lived in the big events, but rather the small acts of prejudice every day. The glares, the walk-arounds, the purse clutches. Fractions of humanity denied is humanity denied nonetheless. And it took so long for me to see. Wow, that's powerful. Thank you for reading that. Had you thought about racism before this project? Racism to me before this project, well, before this project and before um, a while when I was a little bit younger, it wasn't something I saw. It wasn't something I intentionally saw. It wasn't something I chose to see. It was something that, like I said in the piece, that was kind of under my radar. I didn't know about. I didn't know about it. And I think with age and with especially because of the anthology, I was able to better explore that and feel what's going through, what's going on. Wow, that is really good, really good. Um, Jolanda, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about how you were able to help the young writers, you know, 
dig deep and get to those emotions and get them on paper. Stay with us. We will be right back. My God. God. It's another sad day in America. Painful to be introduced to George Floyd during his last breath. With the cops knee on his neck. On his neck. He deserves so much more. How many black lives have to be taken for something to be done? We are not a threat. I am shaking as I talk. This has got to stop. We are sick of it. We need conviction. I just want us all to live. The deaths will not stop until the powers that be are finally held accountable. Don't look away from the truth until every one of us are free from white supremacy. The world stands with cops. Criminalizing and killing of black and brown bodies is not new. It's as old as America. It's just getting filled more. Do you know what it feels like to be hunted? To have a new hashtag for a dead black person every single day? How does one plan a life if they aren't sure they will have a life to plan? George Floyd. His name was George Floyd. Say his name. Say his name. George Floyd. Say his name. Say their names. Once again and always, we fight for justice. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Rest in power, beautiful. Go to blacklivesmatter.com. Because the fight isn't over yet. You will see me choose to protect my community by wearing a face cover. And even with my face covered. You will see me. As a son. As a man with a never quit attitude. As a fighter for change. Join me in wearing a face cover. To help stop the spread of the coronavirus. Because this is one small act of kindness that has the power to make a big difference. Welcome back to the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. Um, I want to start off this second half with Jolanda. Your publishing company, Talk, uh, worked with the young people in getting deep getting to those emotions. How did you do that? First, Beverly, I'm like trying to regain my composure. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, Olivia's piece, Mordecai's piece, what we're here from Tyrone, they're just all so, so very powerful. And it's interesting to me, or I guess um, one of the things that we see happen is when individuals say, I don't think I have much to say right? Yeah. And to hear these young people voice that and to hear the powerful literary excerpts that have come from their soul, it clearly illustrates that they have so much to say. And not only just so much to say, but so much that needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. And that was really part a part of our process, um, really introducing them to creative writing and emotional processing as a pair and how writing can help um, process emotion. It can be a place of release to deal with anxiety, depression, just really tying in um, levels of mental health and how both the global pandemic and the heart crisis, if you will, of racism has really created this need for everyone to do a mental health and wellness check. Mm -hmm. And I think through writing the anthology, it gave the young people an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Olivia, I have to go back to you and ask you, um, did you feel like 
through your story, it was kind of a healing process for you? I did. I really did. I made this, like, honestly, this was a healing process because I had been writing this. I've been contemplating. Let me phrase that. I've been contemplating on this piece for years because every time we had a writing assignment in school and it'd be like, okay, it could be about whatever you want. I always try and like put pieces of my life in it. And then they'd be like, well, don't make it super personal. Hmm. So I just back away from it. And I've kept that specific thing from middle school throughout high school. And I just added on and I said, okay, this is just something I just need to share now. And just, yeah, everyone in here was like, not everyone has the same story. It's always different. And I think what really affected me to make this story come to life is that in the in our own Black community, it's that they're always doing a discrimination against each other. It's like a dark, they're like, oh, dark skins don't get as much love as light skins. Light skins have so much more privilege than a dark skinned person. And that's what just made me want to bring this story to life. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for doing that. Tyrone, I want to get to you. Um, you did a letter or poetry? Well, I did a letter, but it's a mix of letter and poetry. Okay. Give us a sample. Okay, sure. Uh, Dear COVID-19, you have an email. Subject, let's talk. Hello, COVID. I'm going to be honest. You've helped me a little bit. The closure of schools has helped me realize that I was afraid to start college and overcome that fear. You've also given me the chance to reflect on my life choices, although telling that many people is unforgivable. Because of you, I couldn't say goodbye to my classmates in person, even if I didn't want to. You've locked us all away in our homes, leaving us from our daily lives. You even tried to be slick by not affecting the youth so that they were spread it to the older generation. Honestly, we're trying to be one of the big pandemics, like smallpox. We may have started this pandemic, but you can rest assured we will end it. Get off of my planet, Tyrone. Oh, that's good. That is really, really good. Um, the one thing you were talking about, not being able to see your classmates, because, you know, when they shut down schools, um, you're a, you're a high school senior, and you didn't have a graduation, so that kind of ended that. So possibly... Uh, some of your classmates, the last time you will ever have ever see them was back in March. Am I correct in that? Yeah, that's right. And I wasn't always friends with the people I talked to. You know, I didn't hang out with them on a daily basis. I didn't have their phone number. So mm -hmm. when COVID ended, well, when COVID started, I mean, I didn't really get a chance to connect on a deeper level with those friends. Mm -hmm. So that might have been my only time seeing them ever again. Like, I might never see those people again. So COVID has really messed up my plans to make more friends. Yeah, yeah. Man, that was good, too. That was really good. I, I am excited about this anthology. I can't wait for it to come out because from just these three people and you had, what, 20 contributors? Is that right? Yes, 20 contributors. And Talk has a signature program called the Author Lab. And what Lead to Change actually did was allow us to customize this experience for the young people. 
So this summer, they actually went through our signature program. I just lost you. Check your mute. Okay, how about now? Gotcha. This summer they went. Okay, started this summer. So this summer, we actually had an opportunity to take our signature author lab program and customize it for a youth author lab. And Lead to Change gave us the opportunity to do that. So this is actually our inaugural youth author group, you can say. Mm -hmm. Um, And we took them through a series of workshops, not just to um, develop their writing pieces, but to connect the emotion to the writing, kind of how we mentioned a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we talked about processing the global pandemic, having a conversation with them about the impact of COVID-19. We brought in a mental health professional to kind of sit with them and talk about their different emotions that have come from it. One thing um, I love with Lead to Change is that all of the young people have different career aspirations. And there are about five or six of them that are interested in mental health. And because of everything that's going on, it created the perfect situation to tie in writing, to tie in, you know, how journaling and those things can really be a benefit um, for adults as well as you. And then we went and talked about school interrupted. I think the example that Tyrone gave is so good um, and what that looked like, as well as um, just the future looks different. So one of the questions we asked them is, what kind of conversations will you have with your grandchildren? Hmm. And what will it look like explaining to them what you experienced and, and all of those things? Um, Another thing that I think is really important to mention is that when we walk them through how to write out emotion, we would give them a feeling word and have them describe the emotion without actually saying it. And some of the characteristics, experiences, examples they came up with were simply breathtaking. And some of those are included in the book as well. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. We're talking about this book. When will it come out? The book is slated to be released in mid-August. Yes, we will have books in hand before the month of August goes out. And we're also planning a virtual release where the young people will have an opportunity to share some of their pieces. We'll be able to invite the community. Um, This anthology, although it's written by young people, it is for young people and beyond, right? Mm -hmm. What I I feel like they've done is really given us a powerful step forward in terms of having a conversation about how the quarantine team really feels. Yeah. So it'll include some uh, journal questions and the opportunity for other young people and adults to kind of reflect on what they've read from the perspective of teenagers. Yeah. Um, Dion, I know that uh, Lead to Change career readiness organization. How does all of that career readiness, how does that fit in with the anthology and the writing? Well, so um, we did, I I wanted to share too, that we did shift this summer, Mm -hmm. the nature of what was transpiring with COVID-19. So we did a seven week um, leadership institute this summer. So we are online Monday through Thursday um, from nine to three. And so what the students are learning are skills, 
and um, different things that help prepare them to be successful in their careers. Um, so we're talking about things like um, investing and they're going through an investment simulation next week. Um, we're reviewing the, 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 the seven habits of highly effective teams. Um, we're talking about growth mindset. So even when you talk about an anthology and being able to effectively articulate how you feel about things, it makes you more effective in the workplace. It makes you more effective as an entrepreneur. Definitely Some a growth mindset, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We had small groups um, when the quarantine first started. And the small group that I led was a, a small business um, small group. And I was really surprised at what the young people wanted to learn. And they wanted to talk about how to effectively get along with other people. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, if I'm going to be in leadership, I need to know how to talk to people. I need to know how to motivate people. I need to know how to or organize groups. And so putting together this anthology is really giving them an opportunity to effectively articulate they, their words and how they feel. And it puts them so many steps ahead for them to be successful, not just in their college career, but when they graduate and become um, workforce professionals. Yeah, this, this was really a great, great program. I know we're talking a lot about the anthology and focused on that, but the overall program is outstanding. Uh, I Before we leave, I want to make sure that I talk to the kids about um, their career passion, what they have found that they really, really like and what they want to be. Let me start with Olivia. Where are you in this? So I've been in this program for about two years now, going on three. And in the beginning, I said I wanted to just be a psychologist, but then I found out that I have to medicate people, and that's not what I'm really for. So then they put me on to a they put me on a phone with an actual psychotherapist, and I was like psychotherapist. And I was on the phone, and I was connecting with her. Like we had the same mindset. She was saying she didn't even believe in medicating people because not all medicine is effective like there are a little bit like if you really need it it can help you but the rest of the medicines out here are like okay this can cause suicide and you have death thoughts wanting to like all this going on in your mind and I just from right there I said I want to be a psychotherapist and I kept that mindset so that is it right psychotherapist all right uh Mordecai how about you I was in the similar boat to Olivia where I had an interest, but I wasn't sure how to apply it to a career. And um, I found that what I really enjoy is being able to help, um, being able to help people who aren't able to help themselves. Um, and by that, I mean, being able to help young children kind of cope with what, what's going on in their mind. Because at such, an, at such a young age, they still go through difficult things. They go through stress. They go through all these negative emotions and being able to manage manage that when they're young really sets them up for when they're older. And that's where I'm really interested in. Um, I think uh, the specific word for it is I'm planning on doing child psychiatry mm -hmm. just so I can be able to help those children um, improve and then be ready for their next steps. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Tyrone, how about you? Uh, well, for me, I wanted to uh, be on the frontier of discovery. I went to an aquarium with my parents when I was young, 
and I saw people working in the tanks with the animals. So I decided that I wanted to be like them in the tank. So then I did some research and then I realized that marine biology was a career field that I'd need to be in in order to do that kind of thing. So I uh, built my career toward marine biology. Very nice. Now you did an internship as well, right? Yeah, I interned uh, a year ago at Discovery World where I helped them clean their remain aquarium. Ah, okay. Very good. Very good. This is this is awesome. Now, you guys, like some of you have been in Lead to Change for two years, uh, maybe somebody one year or all of you two years? All of us are two years. Okay. Have you noticed um, a shift in you, your personality, uh, your thinking because of Lead to Change? Yeah, definitely for me. Because uh, when I had to lead to change two years ago, I was a pretty shy kid. I didn't really talk to people. So working with Lead to Change, they improved my social skills, my teamwork skills, and it really built on my courage to, and to come out of my shell in order to come and do things like this, like speak on the podcast. Very cool. I'm so glad you're here, too. How about you, Olivia? I can definitely say that Lead to Change has changed me from two years ago because Back then, I was just this outspoken person. I didn't really like talking in front of people, giving presentations. Like, I would be that kid in the back that's like, mm, I'll pass on that. And joining this program, Mrs. Grayson specifically is the one that got me out of my shell. She was like, well, you do good speaking in front of people. And I was like, really? I thought I was terrible at this. But then she, like, then many times she made me do presentations. She would tell me I'm getting better and better, and I would. Okay, we lost that audio, um, but it sounds like Ms. Grayson was a true encourager for you. That's wonderful, Mordecai. How about you? We talked on the phone last night, and you told me there was a definite shift. Yeah, um, and before I mention that, I think I really want to reiterate Tyrone's point. I think. I, I, when I knew him two years ago, he wasn't Tyrone. He was, um, or he wasn't the Tyrone I know today. He was, he was a completely different person. He, like right now, who he is now, he's, he's much more developed. And it's really great to kind of see that in a friend. Um, and for me, my experience, I had this similar kind of growth where I really improved in my skills with, with uh, public speaking and with, um, being just able to communicate with my to communicate to others around me more effectively, and I think um, the most impactful thing through Lead to Change, I think it's it's part the growth, but it's also the people that are a part of Lead to Change. Miss um, Grayson um, and staff that work at Lead to Change are all amazing, and it's really nice to be um, in the same network as they are. Wow, that's wonderful, Dion. Uh, pat yourself on the back, girl. <laughs> <laughs> This is wonderful. I, I'm sure that it does your heart well to hear what the young people have to say. Absolutely. And I think what I what I love the most for me, just to see the growth over time. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes when they start, it's like, you know, some of them are so like, no, you're not going, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. And then just to see, like with Olivia, um, we talk about now her, uh, she expresses her inner Shiro, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and so I love the friendships that are built too. 
um, we've been at this for a long time. And so there's these tides of, well, adults now and um, young people that they stay connected for a lifetime. And so I'm very confident um, that a lot of them will be friends for a lifetime. And the wonderful thing about that is they'll be able to connect with one another across industry. And you just never know when you'll be able to use that. And so like Olivia and Mordecai, they'll know someone who dies, you know, and you just never know how that'll come into play with their career. So it really does my heart well um, to be, and I feel very uh, privileged and blessed to be able to be in an opportunity to set the stage um, for them to do this. I, I'm a firm believer that everyone on this earth was created to do something very specific. And it's up to us to just kind of put the feelers out there to find out what it is and flow in that. Um, there's no reason why we can't be happy and excited about what it is that we do every day. So that's really what this program is about, is them really taking a deep dive and to getting to know themselves, really getting to know themselves and seeing what career can I connect with that I will be happy with every day and that I'll make impact and live my life by design. Yeah, yeah. Exposure is critical. Absolutely. Is critical. Yeah. Um, and if someone is listening and they say, you know, I want my kid involved in that or a teenager saying, I want to be part of that. What do they need to do? So they'll go to our website. We will be recruiting soon, actually, in about a month and a half. And our web address is www.leadtochangeinc.org. And we'll be taking juniors and seniors. We'll have 50 slots for the fall. Ah, OK. Very good. Very good. So and back to the book. Before we go, because it's coming out mid-August, and you had the specific date, right? Right. Jolanda, tell me again. Oh, okay. So we are, the book is actually going to come out um, mid-August. So if you check, um, you go to Talks webpage, you go to Lead to Change webpage and our social media, and you'll be able to jump right on and jump on the Zoom call, and you will be able to hear um, some of the poetry, some of the letters. Um, some of the young people um, that are some of them that are here and those other ones that wrote. So the book is called The Quarantine Teen, Life Interrupted. And I'm excited to share with you all that um, those of you who join us, you'll experience a lot of emotion, mm. a lot of emotion. Um, you'll hear heartbreak. Um, you'll hear confusion. You'll hear frustration. You'll hear excitement. You'll hear relief. And so I really encourage everyone to join us and really support these um, young people in Milwaukee who have come together to publish this work um, that's going to become a part of history. And where will we be able to buy the book? You'll be able to buy the book on our website at Lead to Change, but also our young people will be selling the books as well. Mm. So Lead to Change will be selling those um, for the organization. And 100% of those proceeds will go towards activity boxes for our virtual programming next summer. But all of our entrepreneurs, um, they will be selling books as well. So if you know any of them personally, I encourage you to purchase a book from them. And they'll keep 100% of the proceeds. Very good. Very good. So jo Jolanda, what would you encourage young people to do? I mean, I would think use your voice or mm -hmm. share. Um, like you were saying, we all have a story to tell. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you say, well, what I uh, encourage young people, I think the greatest thing is not to discount your voice. Mm. Because 
uh, not only do you have something to say, like I mentioned, you have something to say that's worth hearing. And the greatest uh, reality is the young people, they are going to lead the charge for the future, right? They will be the incoming workforce. They will be establishing, you know, um, different aspects of, of government. And so it's important for us to hear their voice now, because if we hear their voice, then we'll know where we're going. Good point. Because we know, you know what I'm saying? We know what they're thinking, where, where they are. And then it also gives us an opportunity as adolescents, as young people are still growing and developing to speak truth to areas that they may have confusion or just may have uncertainty on um, and really give the affirmation that's needed. I think by Olivia um, sharing her piece and her perspective and what she's experienced, it's allowed Lead to Change as an organization as well as those that are around her to really affirm the beauty of who she is and and the gift that she is. Um, Also with the young people actually being published authors, right? Some people have this goal and this dream for a lifetime and they never accomplish it. And here they are either not out of high school or barely out of high school. And they can say that they're a part of a published work. And I think that's something very valuable to be celebrated and something that they can personally own as an accomplishment. So reminding them that they have a voice. We want to hear their voice and their heard voice makes a difference. Very good. Hey, Teenagers, do you think that you will continue writing and journaling after this and because of this? I think I definitely will, at least for a personal like collection, just so I can delve into what my thoughts are exactly so I can kind of understand who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about wow. the other two? Uh, I know I will, just like Mordecai, I'll keep them to myself and uh, compile a list of them. And maybe when I have enough, maybe I'll publish a book someday. Mm. Very good. Well, listen, Tyrone, if you ever want to publish a book someday, you can <laughs> find me because I would gladly publish a full book for any of the young people that are on this Zoom right now because their words, their creativity, their openness to just be free to the process. And, and that's what you really look for when you look for an author, when you look for a writer. You look for someone who's willing to lean into the creative process without judgment and really allow what's in their heart to flow. And I believe each of these young people, that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Dion, do you think, you know, with the success of this, um, that this is something that you will continue to do to have more anthologies? We've talked about that. Um, Jolanda and I have talked about publishing young people individually, Mm. um, as well as the anthology came about because of what's going on with Mm COVID-19. But this, honestly, and I think Jolanda will attest to this, this was a whole lot more than we expected. Mm -hmm. Um, They wowed us. I mean, literally, when we would get off the calls, we're calling each other like, okay, guys, this is going to be a whole lot better. (laughs) (laughs) And I told them, I said, you, you all are pulling on us. You know, you're making us do more. You're taking us up higher. So absolutely, I think that what we publish will depend on the group of young people. Mm-hmm. And they tell us, you know, and given the circumstances of what's going on in the world and what's going on with them, they'll tell us what we're publishing or what we're doing or what we want to write about. So absolutely, Talk was, if I can do a shameless plug, they were wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Um, to work with. And um, as Miss Jolanda shared, 
just the the platform that she created for young people to be creative was just absolutely amazing. So any groups out there who are thinking about doing something similar, I would highly encourage you to reach out to talk. Very good. Very good. This has been inspiring. I mean, the work, um, the samples that you guys gave, awesome, just wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing and reading that to us. And thank you for Jolanda and Dion for having this collaboration and this thought to even do this. Uh, This is perfect. In the climate that we're in with COVID, the killing of George Floyd, the racism aspect, this is a perfect time to come up with something like this, a collection. So I, like I said before, I'm looking forward to reading this book. I will definitely buy a copy. So thank you all for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Sure thing. And all the best to you guys this fall, you know, headed back to school, college and high school. So all the best to you there. Thank you. You are so welcome. And thank you for joining us for another edition of the 411 Live. You have been listening to Mordecai Tenney, Tyrone Harper, Olivia Clark, along with Dion Grayson, President and CEO of Lead to Change, and of course, Jolanda Rogers, President of Talk Publishing. Again, we thank them for being with us and thank you for joining us for the 411 Live. Remember, we're a nonprofit organization. If you'd like to become a sponsor, go to our website, the411live.org. Or if you want to see past episodes, you can check us out there or any podcast platform that you like. And of course, you can find us on YouTube as well. And if you go to YouTube, please subscribe. Until next time. I'm Beverly Taylor. This is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk.